It is so wonderful to see so many of you here today. It's so exciting to see the church re, kind of rebuilding, in essence, and, and regrowing, so to speak, um, after uh, kind of a hiatus of a few months. And man, these are very exciting days. Um, we've been in a series called Stronger Than Ever. We've been talking about coming out of this pandemic stronger than we've ever been before. And today we're looking at the power of relationships. You know, relationships are so powerful, but they're very difficult. It's very hard to have longtime friends, um, you know, friends that you have over long periods of time. That's difficult. That's challenging. Sometimes it's hard to get along with extended family. Sometimes it's even challenging to be married. Gina and I were laughing the other day. Whenever there's a problem, I'm a fixer. You know, I always got three solutions in my back pocket. I'm ready to share. And my wife is a feeler. You know, she just wants somebody to feel with her. And I'm like, feelings? Come on, we need to get some things done, you know? And, and so sometimes being married is challenging. Um, relationships are difficult. And yet, at the same time, they are extremely rewarding. Uh, so we're going to talk about how rewarding that they are, but because relationships are so difficult, many people are downloading apps on their phone to help them with their relationships. And maybe you want to check this out. There's the Honeydew app, which is a budgeting app that helps um, both husband and wife be on the same page with all of the spending, and uh, that way everybody knows what's going on with the money. Um, there's the Raft app. Guys, you definitely need this because it helps you remember all anniversaries and birthdays and other key dates. So see, like you can be at dinner with your wife and all of a sudden you can get a little, little note, a little, a little message on your phone, your anniversary's next weekend. And you can say, baby, I just want you to know I've really been thinking about our anniversary and all the special things that I'm going to do for you. And, it, and it's the Raft app, you know? See, I'm helping you today. And there's the Love Nudge app. It's based on Gary Chapman's Love Language book, which um, you know divides up the different love languages. Some people receive love by giving gifts, and some people by compliments, and some people by spending time together, and others acts of service. And he's got them all divided up. And then you can you can get on the app with your partner, and then it gives a list of proposed ways that you can show love to to your partner. Um, according to their love languages and then it gives suggestions and you can schedule things and you get points can I get a witness today it's awesome the love nudge we we need some help with relationships but you know 3,000 years ago King Solomon that great king of Israel in all of his wisdom began to speak about the power of relationships. I want us to look at the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. Yes, it's over there in the Old Testament. It's kind of hard to spell. Maybe you can find it. It's in the wisdom section of the Old Testament. <clears throat> and Solomon, Solomon writes as the most wise man that ever lived. <clears throat> um, God, God asked him, Solomon, I'm going to give you whatever you want. What do you want? He says, I want wisdom. And God gave it to him in abundance. Solomon wrote the book of Song of Solomon about love and romance. He wrote the book of Proverbs. Um, he wrote uh, this book, the book of Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes, the theme of it centers around meaning and purpose in life. And uh, Solomon comes to the conclusion at the end of his book that life is not about money. It's not about power. It's not about education. It's about knowing God. And in the middle of this great treatise of wisdom, he talks about the power of relationships. So let's look at this together 
in Ephesians chapter 4 because there's so many benefits to having great relationships. In fact, experts tell us that uh, we'll live a healthier life, we'll live longer, we'll have lower blood pressure, we'll uh, bolster our immune system, we'll be more physically fit, and we'll have better heart health when we're connected relationally with, with people. So let's look at it. There's a problem in chapter four, verse seven. Let's see the problem. Again, I saw futility under the sun. There is a person without a companion, without even a son or a brother. And though there is no end to his struggles, his eyes are still not content with riches. Who am I struggling for? He asks. And depriving myself of good things. This too is futile and a miserable task. So Solomon observes an individual that he doesn't have any family. He doesn't really have any friends. But this guy has big bucks. He's making money like crazy. All of his time and energy is centers around work. Um, but he doesn't have anybody to enjoy life with. And Solomon says that's futile. That's like a vapor. That, that's, that's, that's sad. That's waste. I mean, um, if you have all the money in the world and you got a really nice house in the mountains, but you got nobody to go with to the mountains. I mean, what good is that, Right. I mean, what good is it if you have a membership over at the country club, but you don't have anybody to play golf with uh, because you work all the time? <clears throat> and so he says, this is not wisdom. This is not smart. And it's a problem. And, and, and if we're not careful, we can slip into this problem and avoid relationships and just get into the trap of working and making money and, and doing so many other things. Um, the founder of Minecraft, that game that all your kids play, you guys know that? <clears throat> This guy, Marcus Persons, created it. He sold it a few years ago to Microsoft for, get ready for this, $2.5 billion. Okay, that's billion with a B, not M. $2 billion, $2.5 billion, lots of money. And uh, he thought, man, I got it all made. He bought a house for $70 million. How about that? How would you like to live in a house? $70 million. But on Twitter, he kept putting out these tweets. And let me just read a couple of these. He says, I found a great girl, but she's afraid of me and my lifestyle and went with a normal person instead. Hanging out in Ibiza, you know, that island in the Mediterranean, okay, with a bunch of friends, partying with famous people, able to do whatever I want, never felt more isolated. Another tweet, when we sold the company, the biggest effort went into making sure the employees got taken care of and now they all hate me. These are the thoughts of a man that has so much and yet at the same time he has so little. He has material wealth, he has success, he can do anything he wants to do except the thing that he really wants the most and that's to be connected, connectedness. So there's a problem and Solomon says, in chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, there's a problem. He moves on and he says, but there's a solution. Look at it there in verse 9. He says, uh, God created us for relationships. Now look at this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. So he says the solution is we need to be connected. 
right? We need to have friends in our life. We need to have family. We need, we need to be connected with other people, not isolated. If we, if we live an isolated life, we'll live a very lonely life. We need to be connected. By the way, that's what the local church is all about. The church is all about connecting people. And, and I can't think of a greater place to be than in the local church to meet great people. Because not only do you want to just be connected, but you want to be connected with the right people. Amen? I mean, we want to be connected with the right folks. And that's what the church is about. The church is a gift that God has given to us for that very, very reason. But he says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. Uh, And, and, you know, if you look back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, the book of Genesis, uh, Adam is there. He's in the garden. He's working. You know, he's getting the garden taken care of. And God says, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone. And he gives him Eve. Uh, because, because God knew that people need companionship. In fact, God, God created us with the need to be connected to other people. Uh, you're not a robot. So, so we, we, we got to work on this connectedness. And, and, and Solomon writes many years ago, he says two are better than one. And he gives four reasons. And I want you to write these down today because he says, first of all, it's effectiveness. You can accomplish more. You can accomplish more when you got two. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. And if you share a task, you can collaborate and you can gain new perspectives. And it, 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 it also makes what you're doing a lot more fun. Do we have any people that love to collaborate? Anybody like when there's something going on at the office you love? Okay, nobody? Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm a collaborator. Like I'm a verbal processor. You know, and sometimes I like to talk about things that I don't even need people to say something. I just need them to listen. And then I'll talk myself into the right answer. It's awesome, you know. But sometimes you need to hear from other people. You know, we'll do this with our church staff. We'll get everybody together and, hey, guys, this is an idea or here's a problem. What do you guys think? And we'll kind of beat it up and talk it through. Okay, awesome. That was so great. Thank you so much. It's really hard, even if you're really smart, to have all the solutions by yourself. And that's why we need relationships, collaboration. Two are better than one. Who are you collaborating with? Who are you talking to? Who's helping you? Who's helping you with your kids? Who's giving some input into your work? Who's who's challenging you in your spiritual life? who's, Who's walking alongside of you, giving you aid and comfort and help to accomplish the purposes that God has put before you? When I was in high school, uh, I ran on the track and cross-country team, and we had some really good long-distance runners. I I, I used to to, to run the long races. And uh, my junior year, I had the opportunity to win uh, the state championship. But uh, what was so interesting was that uh, one of my teammates was third place, and then I had another teammate that I think was like a fourth or fifth place. And we all trained together. And guess what happened? We challenged each other every day in practice. I mean, you know, it was like Clash of the Titans every day when you stepped onto the track because you knew that, that, that your buddies were, were right there beside you and we were all pushing each other. And, and the reward was all of us were, were better and more successful. All of us were faster because we were running. We were not just training by ourselves. If you've ever trained by yourself, you know that, that there's kind of a limit to, to what you can do. But if somebody's pushing you, you, you can begin to go to some new levels. 
So one of the solutions, he says, listen, if you will train with others, if, if you will have healthy, dynamic relationships in your life, you will be more effective. You will accomplish more. You will do better. You will be more successful. Um, we've seen this in the field of music. John Lennon and Paul McCartney, their, their songs have been covered more than any other songwriters in the history of the world. And Lennon and McCartney could write songs together. It was amazing. They, they, would, they would feed off of each other, writing lyrics and, and chord progressions. And, and they would change things and they would collaborate and, and, and they were successful. Uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin met uh, over at Stanford University and they came up with the uh, creative concept for Google, all of the algorithms that uh, form what we know today as the search engine Google and directs you to different places in the World Wide Web. It was a collaboration. It was a collaboration. Uh, Kobe and Shaq, the greatest one-two combination in basketball. Kobe would drive, Kobe would shoot from the perimeter, Shaq would get the rebounds, push everybody out of the way, and dunk on people, rip the backboard down. Did you know Shaq is the only guy to ever win the MVP that never hit a three-pointer in a season? How about that? I think he hit one for his career. How about that? But it didn't matter. He had Kobe. Kobe and Shaq. Two are better than one. Two can do more. Two can make more. Two can do more. Uh, that's why Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. But he gives another reason, not only effectiveness, but also perseverance. Perseverance. Well, when you got somebody with you, walking alongside you, you can persevere more. You can accomplish more. You can do more than you can otherwise. Perseverance, perseverance. Look at it right there in verse 10. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him. Uh, to the Jewish reader, they would understand exactly what Solomon was talking about. In the ancient world, traveling was dangerous. People generally traveled in groups and the roads were not good. So there were potholes, there were cliffs, there, there were, you know, sharp turns and tweaks. And so it was dangerous to travel. And it was not uncommon for people to fall down. Somebody could twist an ankle or break a leg. And what are you going to do if you've got nobody there to help you? You need somebody to reach out and to help you up. And so he uses this word picture and this image to communicate the need for relationships. And so he says we need relationships in our life for perseverance. We need to persevere. Uh, some of us are falling in business and we need people to lift us up. Some of us are falling in our spiritual life and we need people to come and lift us up. Some of us are falling in, in um, other areas, in family, and we just need people to come and help us up. And sometimes people get knocked down and sometimes people fall down, but either way, whether people get knocked down or whether they fall down, they need people to come along and to help them up. So we should be looking to help others. We should be looking to serve others. And we should be looking to surround ourselves with people that can help us in a time of need. 
Uh, maybe there's a temptation that you keep stumbling over and you keep fighting temptation. And man, you got somebody alongside of you that is helping you say no to temptation and yes to the promises and to the blessings of God. It's an awesome thing. Perseverance, effectiveness. We need relationships. Galatians 6.1 says, If someone's caught in a wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should go and restore them with a gentle spirit watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. So we should be helping people up. We should be moving around, giving people a hand, lifting people up. That's a big part of the vision of Edge Church is elevating people, lifting people up, helping people out of the pit and helping them stand on the promises of God. Wow, we need it. Um, if you look at the book of Exodus, Moses is leading the two million, uh, two million people, the nation of Israel, and he's about to lose his mind because he's got all these crazy people and they're whining and they're complaining and they have all these needs. And so he goes and he talks to his father-in-law and he's like, you know what? I don't know what to do. And he says, you need to put some leaders in place. And after talking to his father-in-law, he, he, he appoints 70 different leaders in the nation of Israel. He needed people to help him. And we all need some help, don't we? We all need help to lift each other up. Um, he says comfort. Look, look, look at this in, in, in verse 11. Uh, so if two lie down together, they can keep warm, but how can one person alone keep warm? Okay, so you got this idea of people falling down and you're helping them up, and now people are trying to stay warm. And so as people would travel in the ancient world, they would travel in packs for security and safety, but also for warmth because it was cold at night. And this sounds kind of weird to us, all right? If you're a germaphobe, you're going to think this is really weird. But people would huddle together, okay? Not like in a sexual way, but just like in a, we're just trying to live and stay warm way, okay? And so when people would sleep, they would huddle together. And if you huddled with other people, you didn't have to carry as many blankets, but if you traveled alone, you had to carry more. And I think the same is true in our own lives. When we're alone, we have a bigger burden to carry. When we're along with others, it lightens the load. And it makes, it more, it makes, it more, uh, makes us more able to do what we need to do. So comforting each other. Comfort, comforting ourselves with people that we're huddling with. Listen, who's your huddle? Who's the people that you huddle with? Who's the people that you talk to? Who's the people you confide in? Who's the people that challenge you? Uh, I'm so thankful for my good friend, Thomas Thompson, uh, who was a, a high school football teammate of mine. Uh, we went to college together. We went to seminary at the same time together. Um, and uh, he's been a lifelong friend of mine and we have just encouraged each other over all these many many years it's been a long time long time he lives about an hour from here and we get together and encourage each other and bless each other when he has a crisis he calls me when I got a problem I call him and we 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 keep each other warm you know we help each other out and we've been doing that for all these years it's an awesome thing it's rare to have friendships like that we got to work at it and so, you know, sometimes it's easy to hear a scripture like this and to think, dang, I wish that I had more people like that. What do I do? You know, we got to start investing in relationships. Just start investing. Just start blessing people. 
you know? Um, just start serving people, amen? I mean, when you start serving people, you, you, you'll have relationships. And it may be relationships with people that are unexpected. How many of you, some of your best friends turned, that, that turned out to be some of your closest friends were people that originally you would have thought, I don't think I would ever be friends with them. Anybody like that? I got some friends like that. You know, you're kind of like, you met them and you're like, oh, I don't know, you know, and then you get to know them. And you're like, they're really amazing people. Wow. You know, keep people warm. Let's, let's be the kind of people that are helping people up. Let's do it. Comfort each other, he says. Comfort each other. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, challenges us. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. See, we got to be careful to not get in the huddle with the wrong people. Because if we get with the wrong people, they will be encouraging us to fall into that pit. And we don't want to do that. So we got to be with the right folks. And Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So how do we have healthy, dynamic relationships? When we get upset with people, we want to try and go and resolve them. And if we resolve anger quickly, then it doesn't fester and grow and metastasize and advance. And hopefully we're able to work through some things and the relationship stays intact. Um, some of us may be at odds with some people that, that you've been friends with for a very, very long time. And if you could just work past one thing, that relationship that you've invested so much in could be so fruitful and powerful. Settle wrath before the sun goes down. Here's the final thing that he says, though. He says, he says uh, uh, not just comfort, but protection. We're stronger together. And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. In verse 12. So um, friends have friends' backs. One of our values here at Edge Church is loyalty. And uh, we need to stand up for each other. We should protect each other. That comes straight out of this concept here in Ecclesiastes 4.12. A good friend is somebody that always has your back. When somebody's saying something about you that's not true, a great friend will stand up and say, no, that's not right. That's not right. I'm not going to let you say that. That's not correct. Friends have your back. And when somebody tries to overpower you, two can resist them. Sometimes you need some protection. Amen? Sometimes you need some people to watch over you and kind of help you out a little bit. Somebody was coming or lurking around behind you. you know, but, but your friend was there. Your friend was looking out for you. We need to be that kind of friend. We should be the kind of friend that we expect friends to be to us. And then that'll be the fruit of our life. So we got to protect each other. Um, when somebody attacks us, we got to watch out. The first thing that uh, Marines are taught to do, I'm told, is to, is to dig a foxhole, to dig in. And some of you that have been in the military probably know more about this than me. But I understand that you build a foxhole for two. And so the military always teaches that you get in the foxhole not with one person, but get in there with two Right, Because you might lose your mind if you were in there by yourself. In World War II, um, they say that the Japanese did some research on how to get reconnaissance, how to get information out of their captives. And they discovered that the greatest way to get information 
was to isolate, to put people in solitary confinement. It was much more effective than torture. I mean, people will let you torture them before they will allow you to leave them in solitary confinement and isolation. So they would isolate people for long periods of time to get information. Wow. I think Solomon understood that. I think God understands that. That's what he's communicating to us today is that we need strong, dynamic relationships. Let's not fall into the trap of just working and going through the motions and doing all the stuff that we feel like we have to do. Let's invest some time and energy into the things that can help us become the people that God has purposed for us to become. And at the end, he says there in verse 12, look at the very end of that. He says, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So if you have a cord, just one cord, you know, it has a certain amount of capability. If you wrap it with two other cords, you got three strands. Guess what? It's stronger. It's more dynamic. Um, it has more it has more give to it because it's 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 braided up and so when it gets stretched it has more it has more more strength and vitality and uh, this is a beautiful picture by the way of our relationships because at first he talks about one person he talks about the man that's alone in verse 7 and 8 then he talks about two are better than one and then he wraps this little section up in verse 12 by talking about the three Who's the three? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the Lord. Yeah, we got to have the Lord in our life. Amen. We got to have us. We got to have others, but we have to have God. And when you have those three wound together, you have a dynamic life and a dynamic purpose. It's a threefold cord that is not easily broken. And that's why we need Christ in our life. We need that last cord. Yeah, we need other people. We need, we need Jesus in our life. Amen. It was Jesus who died on the cross and rose from the grave on the third day. And he did so because he loved you. And when we have Christ in our life and friends by our side, we can do great things for God. Let's pray together for just a moment.